Hi everyone, welcome to the Turn It Up Marriage Tips Podcast with your host, Kelly Dupay. This podcast is filled with easy to understand and easy to apply tips and tools so that you can have the lifelong marriage that you really want. I hope you're excited because today's episode is really going to help you. Here it is. Hi everybody, how are you doing today? Question for you, are your words bringing you closer to your husband or your wife, or are they driving you apart? Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm a pastor, police chaplain, author of the book, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. Um, and I've got another marriage tip here for you today that I think will really help you um, have a great marriage. So here's the question. Are your words bringing you closer or driving you apart. So before I talk to you about the power of words and give you some really practical things that you can start saying to each other that are going to strengthen your relationship, let me ask you another question. What do you want your marriage to be like? Okay, what do you want? Okay, I when I'm doing... Um, uh, marriage coaching, you know, uh, that is always the first question that I ask the couples, you know, tell me, sir, tell me, ma'am, what do you want your marriage to be like? Well, if you're like me, I think you want a great marriage. I think you want a strong connection. I think you want to be growing closer to each other instead of drifting apart. I think you want to face the challenges of life together and have someone in your life that loves you and that you can love, okay? I think you want to be on the same page. I hear that phrase every once in a while. I feel like my wife and I are not on the same page. In other words, they're not walking in agreement, but they are, are struggling with each other and they're going two different directions. You want to solve problems together. You want to have a great marriage and a strong connection. Well, I've got news for you. If that's what you want, this is what God wants for you too. Yeah. Genesis 2.24, my favorite verse on marriage, goes like this. Uh, it says, For this reason, a man would leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And that's a whole message in and of itself. And I'm going to get to today's topic, but I just wanted to remind you that God's will for you is that you and your spouse would become one. But here's the thing. We need to remember that oneness and growing in this oneness is a process. And there are things that you can do to help this process and to continue it and have it move forward. And then there are things that you can do that will hurt this process, that will harm it, that will actually cause it to stop and actually start sending you the opposite direction. Instead of becoming one, you start going back to becoming two. And um, you end up with a situation where basically you don't have a spouse, you don't have a husband or a wife, you have a roommate. Yeah, who wants that? Unless you're single, then yeah, roommate's great. Nothing wrong with roommates. But I don't want to have a relationship with my wife where we're more like roommates than we are husband and wife. And I don't think you do either. And certainly God doesn't want that for you either. What God wants is that the two of you would grow closer to each other. Get on the same page. Solve problems together. Face the challenges of life together. And then in the process of, of walking in that kind of blessing, you know, 
what? He wants to use you to be a blessing, to bless other couples and to make a difference in this world. So back to our our thought here for today is that it's a process and there's things that you can do to help that process of growing closer, of becoming one, and there's things that will harm it. And one of the biggest things that you can do to either help or harm the process of becoming one is the words that you use with each other and so with each other and then when you talk about each other okay when you talk to others about your marriage Um, so let me um, walk you through this first I'm going to give you 10 examples of words that help okay these are words that are going to unify that are going to strengthen that are going to build up that are going to help you grow closer to each other and then I'm going to give you 10 words that will hurt and actually harm your connection. Words that you should not, um, or that it would be better if you didn't use these words, or if you did use them, use them very, very carefully. Um, So these are not absolutes. These are not written in stone. But before I get into the list of 10 words that help and 10 words that hurt, let me just give you the basis for this. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what you say is either going to produce death in your marriage as you grow um, further apart, as you as your marriage continues to um, decline, as the intimacy um, fades, all of those things, right? Or um, the words you use can actually strengthen and build it up. And um, the illustration that I use in my book is that being married is like, or having a relationship with someone else is like a dimmer switch that you can do certain things to turn it up because life has a way of turning it down. So how do you turn it up? You can turn it up with the words that you use. So here are the words. First off, 10 words or phrases, I should say. Some of these are not just single words. 10 words that will help. 10 words that will unify and strengthen and build up your relationship. Number one, the word we. Oh man, this is so powerful. See, it's it's thinking about the fact that we are not two, but we are one. So if we are one, what are we going to talk about? Or how are we going to describe that to people? You use the word we. What are we going to do today? Right? Not what are you going to do. What are we going to do today on a Saturday or a day off or an evening? You know, what would what do we want to have for dinner? <laughs> okay. Um, you know, or we need help. Yeah, that's a big one. We need help. Not just you, not just me, but we need help. So what can we do about it? Um, What can we do to solve this problem? What can we do to help each other? What can we do to strengthen our relationship? What can we do um, together to discipline the kids and to train the kids and to have peace in our home when things are going crazy around us, okay? What can we do? So that's number one. Number two is the word our. O-U-R, not A-R-E, but O-U-R, our. See, it's not my money, it's our money. And I would really encourage you to start using and thinking about using the word our. It's not your kids. If you have a blended family, it's not your kids, okay? Or my kids, it's our kids. It's our house. 
These are our cars, okay? Because what's yours is mine and what's mine is yours. That's the way God wants it to be. So that's a great word to start using a lot is the word our, okay? Um, another one is the word let's or let us. So let's figure this out. Let's work on our communication. Let us um, spend more time together. Let's do this. Let's do that. See, when you use the word let us, what are we doing? We're saying we're going to connect. We are working on this together. And of course, you could also use the word us. I think it would help us if we, and then you go into that. So that's the first four. We, our, let's, and us. Okay, because we are expressing your unity and your togetherness in your marriage and relationship. Number five is I feel. Okay, now this isn't a we word. Okay, you're not going to talk about our feelings. Okay, unless you're unless you actually do feel the same thing, but you do want to express your feelings because your feelings may be different from your husband or your wife's, and that's okay. You're not going to respond to everything identically in life, but what you can do is that you can share your feelings. I feel this, this, this. Um, if it's a complaint or, or, or something that you want to address that you don't like in your relationship, you can say, I feel when you, and I've taught on that phrase before, but that's powerful, uh, a great word to use. But just using the word I feel, um, or maybe a part of that would be I think, I feel, what you're doing is presenting your perspective from your perspective, okay? Um a great word, number six, or phrase, is the word thank you. Oh, man, so powerful. Your husband, your wife, they work all day. They come home. They make dinner. They help with the kids. You know, all of these kinds of things. And even if it's expected, I tell you, it is always great when my wife says thank you. Thanks for cleaning out the garage. Thanks for washing the car. Thanks for taking care of the bills. Even though it is my job, and I'm going to do it whether or not she thanks me for it, because I'm committed to the success of our house and our and, and, and it running well. But when she says thank you, I really appreciate it. And I try to say thank you to her for all of the stuff that she does around the house. Number seven, would you please? Now, the great word in there, of course, is the word please. But... Don't just start with the word please, make it a question. And a question always starts or has a question mark at the end, okay? So if you would like your husband or wife to do something, don't just say, please take out the trash, right? I mean, that's not bad, I suppose, you know, because it's, I guess that's, you know, uh, an, a request is implied in there. But be more specific. Would you please take out the trash? Would you please clean up the kitchen. Would you please pick up your shoes off the middle of the floor so I don't trip on them in the middle of the night? You know, those kinds of things like that. Those are great words to say. Would you please? You're making a request, not a demand. You're not giving an order. Another great words uh, or phrase to say is, I apologize or I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, what what are you doing there? You recognize that you did something that, or maybe didn't do something that you wanted to do or that could have helped the situation and, and you messed up. So what do you do? You say, I'm sorry, I apologize. Number nine, I take responsibility for this. 
That's a great phrase. Why? Because there's that tendency in all of us to want to blame, to want to accuse, to want to put the responsibility on someone else or on something else. Well, I wasn't late because I let I was I got distracted at, at work and started a project or started messing around on my computer. Uh, no, or well, if <laughs> let me rephrase that one. Let's say that you're late getting home because you got distracted and started on a rabbit trail doing some kind of internet search or reading something on your computer, and then you didn't watch the time and you left late, okay? Or you could blame the traffic. So what do you do when you get home? You say, well, I'm late because the traffic was really bad. Or you could say, you know what, I take responsibility for being late because I got distracted and I started doing something and I left late. I, I lost track of time. You see, that is much more of an honest way to do it. Take responsibility. Don't just blame it on the traffic. Don't blame it on, you know, something else going wrong or someone else, okay? Number 10 is may I. Like, may I help you? What are you doing is you're asking permission here. May I share my point of view with you? May I tell you how I feel? May I, um, what else could you use may I for? May I um, serve you? May I get you something? May I get you something to drink? May I wash your car <laughs> or whatever? Um, uh, may I uh, tell you how what you just did made me feel? And see, and, and especially if you have some advice that you want to give, okay, don't just blurt it out and say, hey, you know what, here's what you should do, okay? I mean, you can, but chances are it's not going to be received well. Hey, may I tell, give you a suggestion? May I, may I share with you maybe an idea that might help your situation? So those are very, very powerful words. Now, what are some words that hurt? Maybe you know some of these already, so these might be reviewed, but let me go through these quickly. Words that hurt are words that are critical, defensive, words that blame the other person or blame a situation instead of taking responsibility, words that judge. In other words, you're wrong. No, that's not what it, um, how it happened, those kinds of things. Words that tear down and words that accuse, okay? So here's what I mean by that. Ten words. Number one is the word always, okay? Always. Because typically none of us always do something or never do something. That's word number two is never. But basically what we're saying is that this person always, whatever, you're always late. You always um, think of yourself and instead of thinking about me or thinking about the kids or our family. And then number two is never. You never um, call when you're going to be late. And generally, no one always does everything the same way and people never do uh, things, don't do things the same way. But using the word always and never, what you're saying is that the person can never change. The person can't grow. The person can't adjust because they are always going to be this way. It's very condemning and very judgmental. Number three is the phrase, if you. Well, if you were a better husband, maybe I'd be a better wife. Okay, so what is that doing? It's shifting the blame instead of taking responsibility. Number four, going along with that, words that hurt, are, or this phrase, it's your fault. 
It's your fault that we're in such a trouble financially. It's your fault that um, we don't get along. It's your fault that we have problems. Rather than taking responsibility and recognizing that it's a two-way street, you're putting the blame on the other person. And then going along with that, very similar is number five, you're the reason. <laughs> okay? You're the reason, <clears throat> excuse me, why our family is so messed up. You're the reason why um, we don't have any money in the bank. You're the reason. And see, what that does is it shows you that you or guys are doing two different things instead of working together and working in unity and agreeing on things before you make decisions. And then when things don't work out, well, it's the other person's fault, the other person's blame. And the answer to that, by the way, is to go back and make decisions together, which is another uh, teaching that I'll do and maybe at another time, maybe next week's video. I don't know. Anyways, you're the reason. Number six, why? Now, why can be a good question. It kind of depends on how it's delivered. But a lot of times when we ask why, it's very judgmental because what we're saying is, why did you do that? You know, and implied within that is, why did you do that, you stupid idiot? Don't you realize that this isn't going to work? Why did you spend our money? Why did you say that? Why did you go in and quit your job? All of these things, because it's a judgmental phrase. Um, now, if you need to know that, you may want to ask it a different way, which would be something like, um, can you explain to me what you were thinking or, or um, you know, how explain to me, you know, um, the reasons behind that decision? That's a good way to do it. OK, but number six is being very careful with the word why. Number seven, you are. <laughs> OK, talk about blame. Talk about making the other person feel uh, accused. Whenever you say you are, as in you are lazy, you are stupid, you are, you know, forgetful, um, all of these things, you are labeling that person and that's not going to help you grow closer. In fact, it's going to probably cause you to drift apart even more. That's number seven, you are. Number eight, how could you? Kind of like why, but it's a little bit different. This is also very accusatory. How could you? How could you possibly think that it was okay to do that? How could you treat me this way? How could you um, forget about our anniversary? Okay. Um, number nine, <laughs> this is a good one. What were you thinking? In other words, stupid idiot. Why did you do that? What were you thinking? You know, if you really want to know what they were thinking, just be careful and ask it in a different way that doesn't assume that they did something wrong. Um, and then finally, number 10 is the word or is the phrase, did you? Did you do that? Now, we use that with our kids. When our kids mess up, when the milk is spilled and no one's cleaning it up, you know, we ask our kids, well, did you spill the milk? Okay. Um, so what happens if you make a mistake? Own it. Confess it before your spouse finds out, out about it. That's going to help. But then if you find something that... Um, you know, your spouse did or did not do, just be careful how you ask them so that they can then maybe give you the explanation and you guys can have a rational conversation about it instead of accusing them of messing things up, instead of accusing them of failing because maybe they didn't fail. But just simply ask, 
Did um, So stay away from that phrase, did you do that? And instead, use phrases, like I said before, we, our, let's, us, I feel, thank you, would you please, um, take responsibility for your decisions and actions, and then serve one another and ask permission by using the phrase, may I? So anyways, that's our tip for today. I hope this helped. I hope this will help you grow closer together. I've got a lot more great resources at my um uh, website, which is turnitup.coach. Um, you can also, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you can subscribe and like and all that kind of stuff. If you're listening to this on my podcast, um, then you can subscribe and like as well. Um, what else do I want to tell you? Get a copy of my book, um, Turn It Up, How to Have the Lifelong Marriage That You Really Want. And then, um, yeah, let me know if I could help you. Send me a direct message. Reach out to me on Facebook. Reach out to me on um, my website website, and um, I'd be glad to help you. So may God bless you, and may God bless your marriage. Hey everybody, this is Kelly. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you found it helpful. If there's anything else I can do for you, please reach out to me on my website, which is turnitup.coach. Please subscribe to this podcast so you can get all the other episodes I have coming your way uh, directly into your inbox. And uh, last but not least, uh, would love to have you join my private Facebook group, which is called Turn It Up, a group about about marriage and relationships. That's it for now. Bye-bye.